follow me on social media, you have probably seen me post about my superfood probiotic shots that I take every single morning. I've been using these biome supplements for the past year and I absolutely love them. Biome is your one-stop shop for supplements that support overall wellness by helping you optimize your gut health. I love taking these superfood probiotic shots to start my day because not only have I noticed a big improvement in my health, they also taste delicious. Head over to biomehealth.com. That's B-I-O-H-M health.com and use my code Hannah for 20% off your order. I'll link it in the description below. Hello, everybody. Happy Friday. Welcome back to another episode of the ByWord Show. I'm so glad you're here and excited for today's conversation. I'm so excited to have Lauren Smoller of the National Eating Disorders Association with us here today. And if you guys have been around for a while, you've probably heard my story and the fact that I struggled with eating disorders for several years, but I've never done an episode specifically on this topic. So I'm so excited to have Lauren here with us today and for us to be able to really hit this topic. So before we get started, be sure to pause, screenshot this episode, share it, let us know you are here, and then come back so we can dive in. All right, Lauren. Well, thank you so much for being here. It truly is an honor to have you. Before we get started, would you just kind of introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about the work you do with Nita? Sure. And say thank you for having me and congratulations on your own recovery and this is a really big moment to be talking about it so um, thank very you exciting and I, I'm uh, feel very privileged to be part of this conversation uh, so I'm the vice president of mission and education at the National Eating Disorders Association um, I've been there for just over 10 years so I've really had the privilege of seeing um, the organization grow over the last 10 years um, and I think this podcast is a great representation of just how much the field of mental health in particular and um, has grown and the stigma has been reduced um, mm. somewhat. There's still a lot more to be talked about and to be said for that. But the fact that we are here and talking about eating disorders and talking about your experience, um, I think really goes to show just how much progress we've made. And so it's been really cool to see that. Um, Right now in my role, I have the privilege of being able to oversee all of the programs and services that the National Eating Disorders Association gives to individuals and families who are affected by eating disorders. So that includes mm. our helpline, that includes our conferences, that includes um, some of our walk content, um, awareness campaigns, uh, and additional support services that we provide to really just support and empower individuals and families who are affected by eating disorders, um, feel like they have the information and tools that they need to move forward um, in, in the process of recovery. Mm, that is amazing. It's incredible. I honestly wish I had known about all these resources when I was in high school and struggling with my eating disorder because I just had no idea. And I mean, back then, like 10 plus years ago, I feel like it really wasn't talked about as much. Like when I was in high school, junior high, it was all the Tumblr inspiration, like all of this toxic messaging about body image. And I really did not have any idea where to go for positive resources, support, that kind of thing. So I am so grateful for the work you do and all of the resources that you guys have available and all the education and awareness that is out there now, hopefully helping so many more young girls, women, whoever is struggling with eating disorders. So that is amazing. I'm just curious, how did you get into this world? Um, great question. You know, I really sort of entered it accidentally at a very close friend who was already volunteering with the organization. And um, she said, I really think you would enjoy this. And I did and kind of found out that I had some personal connections to the mission as well. And I think that 
you know, eating disorders are really complex, but it also means that there's just so much to be done. And so I've had um, a lot of fun being able to really give to this community and do what I can to support them um, and, and grow it and watch the services and the conversations change over the last decade. And um, I think to your point, you know, it's been really incredible to see how the conversations have changed, even just in my um, own life as we uh, tell people where I work and what their reactions are and the information that they have in response to that has really changed over the last um, several years. And it's just been really incredible to see. That is so cool. I love that so much. And I mean, honestly, I feel like most people are probably pretty familiar with eating disorders and they might have a general understanding, but especially in your experience, because you've seen so much and you're just immersed in this world, are there any misconceptions about eating disorders or things that you wish people knew about what's actually going on? Yeah, absolutely. I do think that mental health is talked about so much more than it was several years ago. I think to your point, um, reflecting back, I, I was in high school several years before that as well, and it just wasn't a conversation the same way. I think mental health in general has improved, but we still there's still a lot of stigma. There are a lot of misconceptions. Um, largely, you know, people really do believe that eating disorders still are a choice, that people are choosing to use these behaviors and respond to their mm. thoughts um, in the way that they are. And it's, it's a mental health disorder. It's also a physical disorder, but people are not choosing to have this relationship with food. I think that's really important to recognize is that it's not a choice. Um, it is really powerful to be able to get the help that you need and to make steps forward with moving forward in recovery, which I'm sure you yourself can speak to. Uh, but it is not something that people are choosing to do to, to develop this disorder. It really um, mm. is something that affects a number of people um, in a number of different ways. I think another misconception is that you can tell what who somebody is or if somebody has an eating disorder based on what they look like. And eating disorders mm. really don't discriminate. I think for a long time, there was a stereotype that eating disorders were white, thin, um, generally affluent women's disease. Um, that's certainly a reflection of a lot of the people who have had access to care, but it is not um, an accurate reflection of who is actually experiencing eating disorders. Eating mm. disorders can happen across all different genders, backgrounds, socioeconomic statuses, races, ethnicities, et cetera. And um, we're finding more and more as we start sharing more experiences that more people are coming out and recognizing themselves in these stories, which is one of the reasons that sharing stories of diverse experiences is so important. Um, and that, you know, while there is this uh, misconception that it's only thin women that get it. We know that people of all different sizes um, can struggle from eating disorders and all different kinds of eating disorders at all different sizes. You can't always tell um, what somebody's eating disorder is as well based on how thin they are or how large they are. Um, and so that I think is also really important to know. That's so good. Yeah, I absolutely agree. And I think I've just seen that play out in my own story as well. Because I just remember having this thought when I was in high school, and I mean, my eating disorder started when I was in sixth grade, but it was kind of a gradual thing. It wasn't like I necessarily woke up one day and I was like, I'm going to starve myself. You know, it was more of this gradual progression of like, oh, I see all these skinny girls. I'm not as skinny as them. I'm not as pretty as them. So maybe I need to eat less. Maybe I need to eat only this. Maybe, you know, all of these things. And before I knew it, I had developed this eating disorder over a period of time. And I even remember sitting in a psychology class when I was in, I don't know, maybe eighth grade. So I had been a couple years into this at that point. 
And I was watching these documentaries about girls who were struggling with eating disorders. And my thought was like, oh man, I feel so bad for them. Like that must be really hard. I'm, I don't have it as bad as them. I know I struggle with body image and eating, but it's not that bad. And I really had no idea that what I was experiencing was actually pretty severe. And it was really along the same lines. And I just, it had just become so normal to me. Like those thoughts about food and body image were so ingrained into my day-to-day life that I didn't even realize how big of an issue that I was dealing with. Because by the time that I was six years in and finally getting help, it took my nutritionist saying, Hannah, if you don't change something, your organs are going to fail. Like your body is going to start shutting down. Like you have to change things. And I just remember being so shocked in that moment because I really had no idea that it had gotten that bad because it just became so familiar to me along the way. And I think that's such a scary thought for me, like thinking back to that time and seeing so many other young girls who are dealing with body image and those things. It's like, wow, I wonder if we even know how to be aware of like the struggles. Like you, like you said, you can't really tell from the outside if somebody is struggling. So it's, it's crazy to think, you know, I just, I just think about that a lot and how you just never know if somebody is struggling because it can look so different person to person. But are there things that you would recommend as a, an expert in this area? Like, are there things that you recommend for people maybe looking out for their daughters or sisters or loved ones to show signs to maybe be aware of that they could be struggling? That's a a great point. You really cannot recognize. And I think that to your point as well, from your own lived experience goes to show that sometimes it's even hard to recognize it within yourself, that the relationship and food, the way that it progresses or um, deteriorates can be so gradual or subtle, at least, that it's really hard to tell that that is something that is an eating disorder deserving of additional help and support or specialized Mm -hmm. care. Um, and I think that can be um, really challenging if it's something that's happening to yourself, but it can also be hard to recognize eating disorders. Um, a lot of times there's a lot of shame and part of the illness can be um, wanting to hide the disorder as well. So it can be incredibly mm. challenging to recognize and be very sure that somebody is experiencing an eating disorder. That being said, you know, there are warning signs. Um, there is, you know, gradual change in weight can be a signal in either direction that something's going on with their relationship with food. Um, if the way that they are interacting socially with food has changed, if they're no longer interested in going out to eat um, with friends or in family settings or a large group setting, um, if the way that they are reacting with food, if they have very strict food rules all of a sudden, um, that may be an indication. Or if you're finding that they are consuming large amounts of food in a short amount of time all of a sudden, um, all of those kinds of changes in the relationship that they may have had with food previously can be warning signs. And then there can be really subtle things like their mood changes. Um, Maybe they have more anxiety. Maybe they're more irritable. Maybe they're more tired because they don't have as much energy Mm -hmm. because they're not feeling their body the way that they need to. Maybe their grades are are deteriorating um, or their level of um, activity is, is not the way that it used to be. If they're um, in sports, perhaps they're seeing um, detrimental effects of, of the lack of nutrition that they're getting to their body. Um, and sometimes you won't see those signs. I think that's really important to note, too, is that sometimes somebody can have a really challenging relationship with food, um, an eating disorder, and it, it may not show up very clearly in a physical way um, when it's still really severe internally. And that does not mean mm-hmm. that they are not deserving of care. In fact, we really would encourage that before you're seeing those signs physically, if you're already recognizing that you're having a challenging relationship with your eating 
Um, and those food rules are changing. And to your point, some of those gradual things or your negative relationship with your body or yourself or food is changing that you get help before some of those signs show up if possible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's so good. I totally agree. I wish I would have known. Or I mean, I I was definitely someone who tried to hide my experience and my, you know, body image stuff, eating disorder stuff, but it was actually my mom that found out and forced me to get help. But truly looking back, I'm so grateful because I really had no idea how bad it had gotten and I didn't know how to help myself at that point. So it was truly a pivotal point when my mom found out and I was able to start getting the help that I need. So I absolutely would recommend that if you were someone who's struggling to reach out and get some resources, get some help because it really can make such a huge difference. And kind of going back to what you were talking about um, and this idea of body image that plays a big role in it. I was actually able to be a part of one of your body confidence trainings with Ari and they were sharing some statistics and something that shocked me so much is this idea that only 4% of women believe that they're beautiful. And I mean, I know from just being a woman in this world, like I, I figured it would be pretty low, but 4% is just so crazy to hear. Um, and it's heartbreaking. And sadly, it's just normal, especially things like in my own experience, becoming a mom and body changes, things like that. I mean, just the messages we hear on a day-to-day basis, social media, comparison, all the things. I can just see with all these voices and messages how that could be so low. Um, But I'm curious to hear your perspective from the eating disorder world, the standard of beauty that we've gotten to in our culture. Like, How do you think that plays a role in eating disorders? And then what, what do we do to kind of retrain our thoughts to, to work through all that, if that makes sense. Yeah, I think there, that is important to note. So, uh, you know, on the one hand, eating disorders are not always about image, but certainly that's a high risk factor. And there are so many different messages. Um, and I think social media is both a really wonderful tool and can be incredibly harmful if it's not um, mm-hmm. curated in the right way. Um, that there are just so many messages about what is beauty and what is an ideal image and how are you supposed to look. And I think to your point, even as you go through life and your body changes, whether or not that's considered normal in larger societal conversations or um, how it changes and whether or not that's considered typical or um, there's a a reflection on whether or not you're taking care of yourself the right way. There's a lot of conversation about that. Um, And certainly I think that's really, it's really tricky. And it's another reason that um, we really want to be careful about kind of what you're surrounding yourself in and diverse messaging Mm -hmm. and surrounding yourself with um, different people of different sizes and different life experiences actually can be so powerful and, and really positive because then you're, you're sort of diluting some of that messaging when you're seeing the same images over and over again and the same messages Mm -hmm. about what um, I'm, I'm using in quotations, ideal beauty could be um, according to society, then that's continuously put back onto you. And that's pressure over and over again, that makes it so much harder. Whereas if you're seeing different images and different um, perspectives of what beauty is, or what normal bodies look like, it it is a little bit more diluted. And it's less challenging to feel acceptance within yourself. um, If you're recognizing that there's not just one type of person to be. Oh, that's so good. I love that so much. And I think it really is so huge. And I love that we're seeing more of that in marketing today, especially just being a part of Aerie. I've learned so much about the body diversity and really just learning to celebrate 
bodies of every kind and not focusing so much on the ideal, again, quotes, beauty standards or what we should look like, what we should be eating, whatever, like even diet culture and things like that. It's like, just getting to this point where we realize every single person is different. Every single body is different. Every body needs different things to make it nourish and feel good and all the things. So it's like, I just love that we're breaking through a little bit there. And even along with that, I really love that Nita takes such a proactive approach, especially in starting these newer conversations on things like body acceptance and body positivity, body liberation. Could you just speak to those and break down what some of those mean? Yeah, I think this is a really great point to talk about Body Acceptance Week. So we're having um, our second annual Body Acceptance Week is beginning October 24th through the 28th. Um, and we're really excited about that because it really is continuing those conversations about what body acceptance is. And just to kind of spell it out. So we know body acceptance is really accepting one's body, um, regardless of whether or not you're completely satisfied with it. So I think we've talked a lot about body positivity and, you know, allowing people the belief that they everyone should have a positive relationship with their body um, and, and sort of taking that away from the cultural ideals and um, things like that. But but recognizing that that's not realistic for everyone, I think it just um, the overall conversation of acceptance is a little bit of a wider lens for that. Um, and, mm. and recognizing that just accepting your body without attaching any kind of positive or negative relationship to it can be really um, powerful, um, which is actually really what body neutrality is. And, and just really not making sure that you're not um, attaching any negative beliefs or any positive beliefs or expectations mm. on it can be really powerful. Uh, and we know that some people um, are kind of moving through that process. There's a number of different relationships with body acceptance that people um, will have or will speak to them based on their own experiences, based on um, how they're interacting with the world and, and other things going on with that. And so I think, you know, body acceptance is really about that larger conversation about where people are. So some people will really relate to that body positivity, um, wanting to have mm. a positive body image. Some people will just want to start with that acceptance of, of being okay with not being completely satisfied. Some people will want to be really neutral about it without wanting any kind of expectations whatsoever. And some people may move even all the way to body liberation, which is really trying to mm. take all of those kinds of messagings and belief that there's systems of oppression that are really attributing worth to body sizes um, and taking away those messages as well and feeling liberated from, from those kinds of pressures. So mm. uh, there's a number of different ways to interact with that. Body Acceptance Week is really all about holding space for those kinds of conversations and relationships. Um, and so we're really looking forward to that and, and encourage this community as well to get involved and have those conversations and learn more about the movements and um, the experiences that people are having and how they're interacting with the world and how you can also even, you know, if you feel like you're in a good place yourself, how can you make that space safer and more accepting for others? Mm. Oh, that's so good. And I love that so much. So will you tell us about Body Acceptance Week? How did that get started? How can we be a part of it? All the things. Yeah, well, I think, Hannah, you actually tied it really nicely in recognizing that body acceptance does play a role in risk factors for eating disorders, right? And that there is a piece of some people's eating disorders that are um, related to their self-worth and their relationship with their bodies. And sometimes eating disorders are developed as a means of controlling bodies, whether intentionally or unintentionally, depending on everyone's kind of individual perspective and relationship with their body. Um, and so mm. when you increase the amount of body acceptance really in the in the world and society, um, you're also decreasing that risk factor for eating disorders. And this is really something that is a larger conversation because we recognize that so many people 
struggle with body acceptance, whether or not they have a full-blown eating disorder or even a disordered relationship with food, that that all can contribute to the relationship with your body. Um, and, and we want people to be able to celebrate their bodies if that feels right for them, or at least just have acceptance um, and be able to move forward with making space for others as well, so that they also can have that space. And I think when everyone um, is fostering that kind of environment, then you're just making the space safer and more accepting for everyone. And, and that is healthier for everyone as well. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. It's kind of like a ripple effect. And we've talked about that on the show before, how, you know, I've just seen in my own life, this power of accepting my own story, embracing myself right where I am. It kind of just starts to spark in other people to feel free to do the same. And so I love that, how these conversations are happening in the body image world with all all the things that, that are concerned with that. It's just, it's so cool to see how more and more people are catching on and it's just become this contagious movement that's really making such a huge difference. And I am so excited to see and hopeful to see the change for women and young girls, especially that, that maybe there will be less eating disorders happening. And so I'm excited for body acceptance week. I'm definitely going to be taking part. I would encourage all of you to get involved as well. I think it's going to be amazing. And I just think these conversations and stories are just need to be heard. And so absolutely, I am excited for that. And so I think it's so cool that you guys have started that movement. Um, so I'm curious, are there any resources that you would recommend for people who are either currently struggling with an eating disorder or have, or maybe know somebody who is that you could recommend just for more information or help? Yeah. A great first step is really to contact the National Eating Disorders um, Helpline. We have phone chat, um, texting, emailing. You really can access it from a number of different ways that's comfortable for you. Um, and the helpline is staffed by really highly trained volunteers who can guide you through whatever process you need to go in. So that might be if you're not even sure if you have an eating disorder, perhaps they'll direct you to our screening tool, for example, or give you additional information about what eating disorders are and what treatment could look like. Um, anywhere mm -hmm. from, you know, going through eating disorder treatment and being in strong recovery and then finding that you need additional support, they can help you with that next step also and connect you with resources um, and information that's available for your area or for virtual support if that's what you need. Um, and so I think there's a number of different ways, and that's a really great first step if you're just not sure where to start. We also have a treatment provider map, which is available on our website. So if mm -hmm. you want to just go there yourself and see what resources are available in your area, that is certainly something that we would love for you to be able to do um, as well. And our screening tool as well, if you're taking it, will connect you with options um, that might be available. In particular, there's a number of virtual options that have become available for the last several years, wow. um, depending on your symptoms or your behaviors. Um, that um, would qualify you to be able to participate in those kinds of resources um, and, and they can connect you directly based on your results, which is really incredible. You don't necessarily need to go through um, a thorough process. Um, mm. And so I think those are some really great first steps. And the other thing is to reach out to a loved one or a friend if you're not sure or you haven't started that conversation and you're feeling like you want to. Um, find somebody trusted who might be able to help you and support you through that process and let them know what you're going through. That's so good. Yeah. If, if you guys know anybody, or if you are struggling with an eating disorder, please reach out for help. I remember going through my struggles and feeling like for whatever reason, just shame or the burden of finances on my parents or whatever it might be. It kept me from getting help for so long and I wish I wouldn't have. So 
it's amazing that these resources are available. So go and check it out and find help. There are so many things that are available that can meet you right where you're at. I love that you can even text. That's amazing. I wish I would have known about that when I was in high school and struggling, but yeah, that's amazing. Thank you so much. This question popped into my mind and I'm, I would love to hear your thoughts about maybe some suggestions you have for starting the conversations on the proactive side. Like let's say somebody has a daughter or um, someone that they love in their life and, and they're good. Like they may not be struggling with eating disorder or body image, but something to kind of open the space to have those conversations as people are exposed to more messages about body image or could possibly be exposed to things that could start an eating disorder. Do you have any thoughts on that? if you're concerned about a loved one we always want to approach that with a lot of non-judgment or a lot of openness um really clear examples of what you're observing um not necessarily kind of what you're feeling but what you've actually seen um that you're concerned about but if you're not if, if you're taking a step back and you want to have a conversation um be open about this so that they do feel comfortable coming to you I think just letting them know and starting that conversation and recognizing that you're open-minded about mental health in general and that you really um, are demonstrating that when your daughter or son or loved one is expressing that they need additional support, that you are their advocate in general um, and that you will believe them and, and do what you can to get them the help that they need so that they feel like when they are ready to reach out for help, if that's the case, they already know that you're, you're there and you're ready to advocate for them and, and help them move through finding the right person for them. That's so good. And actually, I know you touched on this previously, but I just want to point out again how much I appreciate you talking about how this is not just a woman's issue. There are men and boys who struggle as well. Um, and I don't think you would mind me sharing, but my husband also even struggled with an eating disorder in high school. And so it's just something to be aware of too, as you're having these conversations, not to count the guys out, but including them in those conversations as well. I know it's something my husband and I have talked about, even with our own kids, like, how can we start these conversations with our son, even though he's young right now, but just like healthy conversations about body and about our relationship with food and exercise and things that never make him feel pressured to behave a certain way, eat a certain way, look a certain way, but just like have an environment in our home where there's freedom in all those conversations. And so, yeah, it's just been an interesting dynamic having that and then have, having that with my husband and then having a son as well. But it's just caused me to think a little bit more ahead about like, okay, with friends or with my kids and my family, like how can we start these conversations? And like you said, create a safe space where people know that they're going to be heard and their mental health is going to be valued and that they're going to be cared for and taken seriously whenever they come to us with these issues or, you know, start these conversations. So anyways, yes. Thank you so much for bringing that up. No, I was going to say, I think that's a really important point also is that when you're thinking about, you know, if you want to take it even a step back to your point, when you're raising kids, really being mindful of the messages that you're giving to your children. Mm. Since you're you are generally the people who are setting the example and giving the messages as a first step, making sure that you're really conscious of, you know, are you attributing value to foods and different types of foods? Are you teaching them that, you know, their foods are somewhat neutral and that there are might be nutritional aspects of them, but, but that, you know, it's okay to have certain things and it's not a black and white relationship. And how are you fueling your body and what is your relationship mm. with exercise and things like that? I think being really conscious of that kind of messaging and the, the examples that you're setting um, about your own relationship with your body and with food and with exercise can be really powerful advocates for, for supporting mm. your, your children and your family members and loved ones um, with that relationship. And if you're seeing 
um, warning signs than being in an open space that you can um, seek help for them. Yeah, absolutely. And like what you were saying about really setting the example for your kids, my son is two and I've already seen how much he picks up on. And I'm sure if you're a parent listening, like you just know how much they absorb and are aware of. And it's mind blowing sometimes and a little scary, but it keeps me in check because I sometimes, you know, will complain about my body or my skin or the way I look or whatever, feeling bad after eating a quote junk food or whatever. And my son is too, but he picks up on those things. Like he'll see me looking at myself in the mirror. And there have been times where he'll come because he's heard my husband say it. He'll come to me and say, mommy, you look so pretty. Mommy, you look so cute or something like that. But he's also picking up on other things. He's hearing me say like the other day we were walking around somewhere and he said, I'm so stressed. And it's like, that's one of my catchphrases sometimes. So even with those things, I'm like, wow, I just need to be careful what I'm saying because he's picking up on those things and he's watching the way that I look at myself and talk about myself on a daily basis. And so it's just something that I am trying to be more aware of as he is growing in awareness. So yeah, absolutely. Mamas, we have a big role to play in this for our kids. And I want to validate that. I think that can be really tough, right? I think if you have oh, yeah. a relationship with your body, that can be really hard to do. So sometimes faking it till you make it can be really powerful for your kids to just mm. be conscious about what's being said in front of them and demonstrating what a positive relationship could look like or what you'd imagine you would want to be able to say to yourself about your body or um, modeling your relationship with food and recognizing that can be really hard. Um, but sometimes modeling that can be really powerful. That's so good. And that's a great point because truly it is easier for me now that I'm on the other side of my eating disorder struggles. I'm not perfect. I still have my days where food is a big stress for me. And it was for a really long time, like cooking for getting married and having to cook for myself and someone else and talk about food and now feeding my child for a long time. That was so overwhelming to me. And so if you are someone who is struggling right now with eating disorder or body image, I get it. And, um, actually I'd love to hear from you, Lauren, is there anything that you would say to a woman who is struggling right now with eating disorders or body image? Yeah. Well, I would say definitely don't be afraid to get help. I mean, seeking a therapist in general is always a great idea, but you know, especially if you feel like your relationship with food is, is really challenging. And I think to your point, if you're finding that it's really hard for you to take care of your loved ones because of your relationship with food, that can be a really clear sign that it might be time for some support. Um, and so seeking help from a specialist who understands eating disorders can navigate you through that process can be really important for yourself, but also to be able to take care of your loved ones. You know, mm-hmm. I think it's something yeah. that we say, you know, about putting that oxygen mask on first. If you're finding that you're having a really challenging time and it maybe hasn't um, come to be such a big deal, but then you're taking care of your own children now or your family or Mm. what have you. And that's really bringing up some of those issues in a bigger way. Don't be afraid to reach out for help. There are are many different times that, um, you know, you need additional support. And if this is one of them, then I think that's really important to know. I think we've seen more than ever in the last several years in particular, we know that more and more people have recognized that they need additional support too. And um, there's nothing to be ashamed of with recognizing that you might need a little bit more help to be able to be successful to in, in providing a safe environment for yourself, your loved ones, your children, what have you. Absolutely. I completely agree. And I just have to say, if you are struggling right now, there is so much hope. I can truly say when I was struggling with my eating disorders and in therapy for years, you know, seeing nutritionists doing, you know, all kinds of rehabs and things to help get my body and my mind back to health. 
I really could not imagine a life where food and my body wasn't consuming every single thought of my day, but there is hope. Like I have, I, I've come so far now on my journey and I'm definitely still in the process, but I feel so far from that place now that I'm just, it's just amazing looking back. Cause I truly, I remember being there in therapy sessions thinking this is so hopeless. This is so pointless. I'm never going to change. It's always going to be this way. I'm always going to be struggling with body image and eating disorders. And, and it's not that way. I can truly sit here and tell you today that I feel so much more confident in the way that I love my body and care for my body and accept my body and nourish my body. And you can do it too. There's so much support and resources available. So Lauren, would you tell us where we can go to connect and follow along and learn more and get all these resources? Yeah, absolutely. I think nationaleatingdisorders.org forward slash helpline is a great first step that will get to you to all those different contact methods. Um, There's a link there for the screening tool. That whole website has additional information about eating disorders and support options if you need it. Um, So please reach out. Yes, absolutely. So guys, go follow along, get resources if you need them. There's tons of information available. Go learn more about Body Acceptance Week. There's some information about it on their website as well. And then you can join us during that week. Actually, I think this episode might be up during Body Acceptance Week. So be sure to tune in and be a part of all of that. Um, It's going to be amazing. So Lauren, thank you so, so much for your time, for just being here and for the work that you do. I know it's making such a huge difference in the lives of so many people. And I am just excited to start more conversations like this. Well, thank you for having me and having this conversation. Thank you so much for taking time out of your day to tune into another episode of the ByWords show. I love having you here and I'm so thankful for your support. Don't forget to share a screenshot of this episode to let me know you were here. I can't wait to talk again soon, but in the meantime, be sure to come hang out with me on Instagram and remember I am cheering you on.